Welcome to the Alpha Woman Podcast, where we interview inspiring alpha women from around the world with the hope that their stories and secrets will help you optimize your life physically, mentally, professionally, and financially. I'm Leslie Andrichuk, the CEO of Alpha Woman, and I'm so glad you found your way here. Today I'm interviewing Nancy Dutch. Nancy is a leader and entrepreneur with more than 30 years of experience in the consumer packaged goods industry with a passion for wellness. Her hunger for success was sparked by the tragedy of losing two of her siblings very suddenly to hereditary heart disease in their 20s. She saw just how short and fragile life could be and started her own nonprofit to raise awareness for the condition. She raised millions of dollars that were put to discovering the cause of the disease and getting treatments to people. And this success gave her the confidence to found other successful companies, including her latest venture, Sarah Labs. Over the past two years, she has generated eight figures in revenue, sold her company to become a subsidiary of a large pharmaceutical company, stayed on as CEO, and brought on Nicole Kidman as a strategic partner. Nancy and her team have built a network of buyers, retailers, and more than 140,000 customers and 500,000 customer databases to date. Join me in welcoming Nancy Dutch to the show. So thank you, Nancy Dutch, for being on the show today. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Oh, it's so great to be here with you. Thank you. Now, we've introduced you a little bit uh, in the intro to the show, but tell us about yourself. Where did you grow up? What did you study? And ultimately, what caused you to become an entrepreneur? I grew up in Philadelphia um, in a town called Havertown um, in the suburbs. And I um, and I moved to California in um, when I was like, oh, let's see, I was 23 years old as an adventure and never left. <laughs> in fact, my whole family moved out to California. And, um, and I, I think that if you're an entrepreneur, you have fire in your belly and you really have to learn um, about not just being an entrepreneur, not just wanting things, but how you do them and making sure that you understand that there's a strategy, there's a timeline, there's financing, there's the right team members in place. And, and what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur is really not just having the fire, you know, in your belly, but it's also being able to execute the vision and the strategy and, and, you know, and make sure that you are not the only person doing it. You know, I've seen so many failures because people have great ideas, great concepts, great uh, products, whatever it is that they're selling or trying to get off the ground, whether it's um, a software program or it's an app or a consumer product, it doesn't matter what it is. And they never put the plan together. They never put it down in writing and they, always try to do it when they're really young and they have no experience. And, and, and at that point, it's a lot of luck. And, um, and I believe in that luck is hard work and opportunity crossing paths. 
I have heard that a number of different times, Nancy. Now, did you come out of school as a young woman wanting to be an entrepreneur or was it something that uh, came your way? You know, that's a really great question. Um, I don't believe when I was out of college uh, where I went to school in Philadelphia, um, I don't believe that the word entrepreneur even existed back then. That's how many years ago it was. And, um, and nobody ever looked at women as um, successful businesswomen in those days. And, um, and, 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 you know, it was really interesting. And I tell this story quite often when I'm mentoring um, women and, and, and I'm doing panels. And, and when I was a senior in college and I was looking for jobs, I decided I wanted to work at a pharmaceutical company and in sales. I thought I'd be great in sales, right? Because I graduated with an English degree. And wow, what could you do with an English degree except be a teacher, right, of English? So I, um, I went on this big job interview and I'll never forget. My mother bought me a gray and white pinstripe suit from Lowman's. You know, I think it was like $30 or something. And, and, uh, and I was very nervous and nobody taught me how to interview at all. And I go in there and there's this guy and he's bald and he's got a, an undershirt on and he's got, um, and he's, and he's sweating and his shirt is pulling at the buttons, you know, and, and I can't help but like look at his shirt pulling at the buttons. And he says, tell me young lady, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? And I said, 10 years. I said, I see myself as the president of this company in five years. <laughs> and he says to me, he says, well, that's very ambitious. <laughs> that's very ambitious of you. And he said to me, but I think you should rethink your career path and you should try and get an MRS degree. And I said, okay. And I walked out of the meeting oh. and I got to the parking lot. <laughs> this, was, this was many decades ago. And I went out to the parking lot and I went, that little? And I won't tell you what I said. And I went home and I told my mother, and who was a, she was a major advocate in politics and um and she would, if she was alive today, she'd be very excited with all the advocacy going on. And uh, she, and she said to me, "Oh, honey, you're just going to have to show them you're smarter than all these guys." And 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 I just was like, "Mrs., I I wasn't sure I ever wanted to get married." <laughs> But that was what it was like in the 70s. You know, you had there was no respect for women in the business and women in the in the workforce. And I just, you know, I just always like whatever I did, like I went and, and worked because I was a woman. I couldn't do anything else. But I went to work at a modeling agency and because mm -hmm. I modeled and um, in those days and I um and, and, and the, by the end of the first six months, I was running the place. And, um, and I, I just had a knack for, um, you know, for managing. And I had a knack for growing a business and, and really understanding what makes people tick. And, and I think that, you know, really understanding the psychology of people. Um, I think early on, I was really into psychographics and without knowing what it was called. And, um, but it just came naturally to me. And uh, I've had a, you know, a really great long career of successes and, and failures along the way. And, uh, and I just always respected all the people that worked for me. And I think that, you know, it's funny how um, now that I've become, you know, I I've, have, I've had some great successes in life, but it's funny how people really respect you as a woman when you're older. 
and uh, and you know, and growing and going up the ladder, what happens is that you are considered. If you're a tough businesswoman, you are the B word. Um, if you are, if you are, a, if you're a tough businessman, you're just a good businessman, right? So, so, so it was got it. long, hard road, and and anybody whose career doesn't go like this as an entrepreneur has never seen success. <laughs> now, tell us what. So, you ran a publicly traded company. Tell us about that experience. What was the company? And tell us about that experience. That must have been very difficult in a really male-dominated uh, sector trying to raise money. You know, you're, you're 100% right. And, and I'll tell you two really quick stories. But I um, I started the company. I was the founder. Um, I brought in a, um, a gentleman to be the CEO of the company uh, when we were going public. Um, and I became the co-CEO with him five months into it. And I needed him to raise money because nobody looked at a woman in, in those days seriously. Mm. Um, and I, but I went on the road and, you know, and, and was very good at raising money with him. Um, and, and then he comes to me one day and he says, Hey, I just want to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the company. I got a great job, you know? And, and I realized that corporate people in an entrepreneurial environment and setting don't really mesh together. Right. He needed right. that structure. And um, so, you know, so I would go to New York City. The good news is he brought in a great general counsel for me and brought in great management people. And, um, and so that was great. So I had a good, a good upper management team there. And, and what was really interesting is that I would fly around the country with my general counsel, and we would be raising money and doing deals. And, and, you know, and, and Chris would show me and he was a good looking guy. He was much prettier than I was. And uh, and and he would show me emails, you know, when we'd go to New York, that the only thing people said is, what does she look like? Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, so that's like one just like really like today you'd be super offended by that. But it was like, OK, you know, <laughs> I still got it. right? <laughs> Even though I'm happily married. And yeah, today people might. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I that was just kind of the vibe back then. You, hot, like men you were know? expected. Yeah. Right. Today, today somebody would get sued, you know. Right, and they might people might think it, but they can't say it today. Right, exactly. And then another really funny story about running a publicly traded company. I was in our board meet room and. And we were having a board meeting and we had um, a number of investors there and, and we were doing a big raise and, and, um, and the main money guy was on the phone and it was before zoom and, you know, you couldn't see anybody on a, on a, you know, on a screen. And uh, he said to, uh, and he says, so Nancy, so you're trying to raise $10 million. What would you say? And what would you do with the money if I gave you a hundred million dollars? And I took a beat and I sat there for about 10 seconds and I said, wow, what else would I do? I'd go to Neiman Marcus and go shopping. <laughs> and, and it was such a stupid question, right? And, and I thought to myself, if I was a man, they would never have asked me that question. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, everybody started laughing. And, and of course, we didn't get the money from that guy. But, uh, <laughs> but I, and I was at that point, I was so offended. <laughs> <laughs> now... Um, you, I've read articles about um, how you talk about building a top performing team. So, and and you've just talked about how important that is for your success, that you're, the, the companies that you build. So what are your techniques for building a top performing team? 
Um, you know, I think that really understanding where your weaknesses are, and I do know my weaknesses. Um, I know I'm neurotic. Uh, my nickname, my husband calls me as Noro Nancy. <laughs> I'm not a great detail person, but I need detail. I know I need structure, but I'm not the person to put the structure together. I know I'm a vision strategy and execution person, but I don't fit in between all those other cracks. And so I hire people around me. I hire to my weaknesses. And I'm sure you've heard that many times before. Um, and I hire salespeople that are better than I am. Uh, but I know that if God forbid, you know, I am stuck without somebody in that category, I could handle it. Um, you know, there's so many aspects to running a company and to building a company. And that's the difference. Are you building a company or are you just have a product or one item or a concept? And you do need a good team around you. So I always have great project managers around me. I try to mentor all the younger people that I hire uh, and bring in experience in the financial and operational categories and areas that you really need people who understand systems and understand all the different aspects of what goes on in, you know, in those particular areas and how the sales leads the team. But the operations and the, you know, the operations and the finance team, without them, you're not going to make any money. Yes, that's uh, that is really great advice. Now, at Alpha Woman, we really like to explore new expressions of leadership and one where innate qualities that women possess are, are valued. So do you think that women do bring something unique to the business landscape? And if so, what are these qualities and, and how can they help sort of change and evolve corporate culture? Um, I think that um, women are better multitaskers. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that, um, you know, we, without having ADD or ADHD or any type of, you know, um, any type of attention deficit, we can do multiple things and and have multiple facets of what we're doing. Whereas I think men are very, you put, they put blinders on, they do one thing and then they go on to the next. We can do multiple things all at one time. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, and I found that, you know, if I can delegate a lot of the execution of that um, to people who I trust, that I'm, you know, that it's, that I'm in much better shape, right? So mm-hmm. that people, because I don't, you don't have time to do everything. Um, I also think that women uh, bring a maternal um, aspect to the workplace. And, you know, when something happens, like COVID happens, to have a, a maternal, um, you know, um, solution for the people in the company, I think is really important. Um, I also think that, um, it's really good to have diverse thought process and, you know, whether, you know, I used to, I used to, um, really make fun of, I have children who are millennials. And so I used to make fun of millennials. And, and then I had one of my employees say, well, you know, I'm a millennial and they, you know, and it really hurts my feelings when you say that. And I said, you know, I said, I, I, I was the most unhappy mother when my son, um, would get trophies just for like, you know, go attending, you know, sporting games, right, as opposed to, you know, playing them. And I said, but I understand where you're coming from. And I think it's empathy that women can really, yeah. 
give a lot more of. And I apologized. And, and, and I said, I'm so sorry, I won't do that again. And I think it's like really owning up to your own, you know, to what you have done bad and good. And, um, and really understanding that um, you've got to own your own stuff. And, and I do think that I noticed that you know, we won't talk about my husband who does this, you know, they always, they always, you know, they always, you know, digress and, and, and take back to like some other thing in the past and they never take responsibility or own up when they do something wrong. Right. 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 There's a lot of ego happening perhaps as well, or sometimes. I, I, I think so. I think especially older, you know, like older men, yeah. Whereas, um, and I do think that there's a lot more opportunity for women today than when I was starting out in business. I, I mean, I'm telling you, it was all about how you looked. It was all about how you presented yourself. I mean, Mad Men was not far off <laughs> from what no. really happened. <laughs> no, absolutely. Now let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the company that you recently launched, which is really exciting. Um, but also in, a, in quite a male-dominated CBD wellness beauty uh, sector, Sarah Labs. So tell us about the origin story of Sarah Labs. Why did you launch this company? Um, great question. I, um, you know, interesting. I grew up in a you know lo- in a wonderful household, and um, I had a brother and a sister. And um, when my brother was uh, a major athlete and he was captain elect of his lacrosse team at University of Connecticut. And uh, he was in the um, he was in the Grand Tetons camping after working for one of the big oil companies that summer. And he went to sleep uh, 10 days before his birthday, his 21st birthday and never woke up. So um, we did not know what was happening. This was back in 1979 and nobody knew. Um, and, um, we just, we had no idea. Two years later, my younger sister, um, was a freshman at college, um, at University of Tampa and she was on the water ski team and another great athlete. And she had cardiac arrest at 19 in the room and she survived and, and went through six years. She was in a coma for six weeks and she didn't have oxygen for 10 minutes. And, and she, um, and it took her six years to recuperate. She never really was, she never really got back to being the person she was. Uh, but she met a nice guy. She got married, had a great son. And five months later, went to sleep and never woke up again. Oh, and she was 29 years old. Devastating. So, so we, uh, yeah, it changes your whole perspective on life and, and, um, and it really formed me who I was, who I became. Um, I, my mother and I and my husband started a foundation, the Care Foundation, Cardiac Arrhythmia Research and Education Foundation. And we raised money and awareness and educational programs um, to the medical community and to the public at large um, on our heart conditions that there's a group of them that fall into the arrhythmias. And I was never able to... Um, to have surgery unless I was in a hospital, I could never have certain drugs, you know, you know, if you're certain anesthetics, I should say. And so, um, you know, I live in LA okay. and I'm, I'm a grandma. I have seven grandchildren now. And I, um, and oh, I always, congratulations. And I always wanted to, you know, I always have taken really good care of myself. It was really important to me. Vanity is not a bad thing, guys. You know, it's actually a positive thing, taking care of yourself and doing the most that you can. I always think that you yes. can always, you know, do better with yourself and work out. And so I always, you know, because I couldn't do a lot of things, I was 
um, really open to natural alternatives. And, um, and so I always, you know, took vitamins and, and, and really did everything I could for, you know, to make myself healthier. And I, like I said, I could never have a facelift and I tried, um, I used to get, you know, I could, but I could never do it. Nobody would ever, once they found out about my heart condition and I was on beta blockers and I'm fine. Um, but you, you look know, fabulous, by the way, you don't need any cosmetic surgery whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, none, none whatsoever for sure. No. And, um, and so what happened was, um, I, I decided to get really in early in my career into beauty. So I, it's funny, I always followed this health, wellness and beauty path, not knowing why I was drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And I think I was drawn to it because it was my fear of losing control because of my brother and sister, right? Because I had no control over that. And yes, I'm a control freak. And uh, <laughs> in life, and so I think that, you know, starting Sarah Labs was really important to me. I've been fortunate in my career to launch a lot of beauty products and to, you know, really build a few brands out there. And, um, and this was my opportunity to do something different and unique. And I had, I had launched a beauty line online and did really well with it. And then I thought, you know, but I want to, I want it to be unique, a little bit different. What can I do? And I, um, and I, went to a, a mastermind group um, and I saw these kids. I was like the oldest person by 30 years there. They all had like, you know, beards and their hair pulled back and ponytails. Yeah. <laughs> and they all, they all had rich daddies and, and they were talking about CBD, CBD. And I thought, I wonder if I could put this in my skincare line. This would be really great. Yeah. So I, so I went back and I talked to my manufacturer and I thought, aha, you know, can we do this? And he says, well, it's not as easy as you think. It's a big molecule and you've got to do this, 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 and this. Anyway, um, to make a really long story short, we did it. I, I went on, um, we went online because in 2018, that's all you could do was, was market it online just through email marketing. You couldn't do anything else at all. And I, and we were pretty successful. And then I got into other products, other topical products. And we also, um, I got banking and I got funding and, and I was really, you know, I funded everything up to that point. And then, um, and then in October, we got acquired by a pharmaceutical company. So coming full circle, my first interview was with a pharmaceutical company. Oh, that's so interesting. Look, I know. look at that. Is that, you know, it's funny, if you follow anybody's career path, it always goes circular, you know, mm. and oh, it's really funny. And yeah. um, so very few people, like, you know, jag, you know, jig and jag, they, you know, there's usually some kind of common theme that keeps you successful. This is for successful people. So, um, so anyway, I, uh, we were, we, it's been great. So um, I love them and, and they've got great technology and great drug delivery uh, programs. And we've taken their products and created a whole neutral line called NutraStrips uh, and UTRI strips and uh, in sleep and energy and, and um, vitamin D3, um, which was timely and we've created these major campaigns and um and then we also were very fortunate that we uh were able to sign nicole kidman as our global brand ambassador that's so exciting i know she's an awesome she's wonderful and um and as our strategic partner in the company Mm -hmm. she's been great and um she's as authentic as she comes across. She's just a wonderful person. And she's been a great partner. And we love having Nicole involved in the company. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, she does sort of come across as someone who takes care of herself, 
um, you know, both inside and outside. And I can see how the alignment would be very um, uh, attractive. And obviously, she's very well spoken and beautiful, very successful in her career and in her life. Uh, so congratulations. That's very exciting. Thank you. Yes, we, um, you know, it's interesting. We, you know, we had our serotopical skincare line and that's what she really came in to represent because she really believes in CBD. It really helped her with a, with an ankle injury she had last year. And, and we got connected through, through my, through my son, basically, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. And, um, and her, and her agents. And we, um, and we just, clicked immediately. We had this very organic relationship. She loved the fact that our products are very efficacious, that we test everything, that everything we do, we cross our T's and dot our I's on every single aspect of the business. And and I think that, um, so we just really aligned. And, um, and so we then created a new line called Serotopical Revolution, which is a brand new line that uh, Nicole was very involved in. And um, that's all clean, natural-based um, plant-based derived products and uh, with a delivery system uh, that we call P3P complex, which is a proprietary tripeptide complex that Cure Pharmaceutical created for us, developed. We put it in all those products so that the ingredients go into the lower dermal layers of the skin, which oh. is really exciting. So and we have no alcohol in the products. And so it's one of the first anti-aging lines that are clean plant-based derived product lines. So we're very oh. excited. Nancy, that is very exciting. So are you available in, in how, which states are you available and are you available yet in Canada and will you be in the future? Um, we, right now we are, um, we aren't even, that's not even available yet right now. This, okay. this, this is, but it will be in two weeks uh, woo, online. We're going to be online and we are working towards getting into Canada with that line. We couldn't get the CBD in the line because Canada Health won't allow us to sell CBD from the United States unless it's THC and, you know. Or um, through a Canadian licensed producer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but we can do it. We can do it um, with, um, with the revolution line, which is what we're going to do. Well, that is so exciting. Um, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today, Nancy. It's been such a pleasure and congratulations on the acquisition by Cure and you so your relationship with Nicole Kidman. I can't wait to see the Revolution product coming out. I think I probably need it myself. <laughs> if, you, if you go on sarahlabshealth.com, that's S-E-R-A labshealth.com, you'll see all the products and you'll see the Serotopical Revolution. It'll say coming soon, but that's going to come off shortly. Wonderful. Well, I can't wait to see it and try it. And thank you so much. We will talk again soon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you to Nancy for joining us on the show today. What a powerhouse businesswoman with so much to share as she helps shape this new industry. We're excited to announce that we have podcast sponsorship opportunities available to help you reach our fantastic audience. Please reach out to hello at alphawomanco.com for more information. Review and rate our podcast and follow us on social media at alphawomanco wherever you are. Thanks for tuning in and stay safe out there, dear alpha women.